On this episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, Cody and I close out the week talking about who's back and who's not getting ready for Denver. And we're diving to the YouTube comments. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 welcome to this mm. Friday's episode of the Locked On Texans Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Said with me, your, your team, team every, every day. day. Thank you to all of our first-time listeners, viewers, and subscribers. If this is your first time stumbling on the Locked On Texas Podcast, do us a favor. Not asking for much. Mm. Just subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans YouTube page and wherever. You get your podcast, and thank you to all of our returning listeners lending your ear for another episode as Cody and I talk Texans. I am your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy Hickman, and I'm your analyst. Whether I'm right or wrong, my opinions mm. are yours. Mm. I'm analyzing the Texans from my point of view, but you know I have fun doing it, and I also have fun doing the show each and every day with Texans credential media member, Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time. Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Mm. Today we dive into the YouTube comments. That's going to be fun. You guys have been absolutely killing it. Whether you've been a, a listener viewer for a long time, or if this is your first week commenting, built up the courage. You're not scary. Thank you for coming. We, we we got some nice comments to get into. We also look at getting ready for the Denver Broncos, a red hot team coming into this game. Winners of five straight games. But Cody, Thursday, you happen to be where you always are. Posted yes, to at the NRG. The Texans had practice. There was some worries. Mm. There still are some worries. <laughs> but we're looking at who's back and who's not. Yes, sir. And of course, I'm going to start with the biggest name who was back at practice following the hamstring injury, Jimmy Ward. And of course, a week after the Texans gave up, not one, not two, not three, but four plays of 40 or more yards, Jimmy Ward did come back to practice on Thursday, it was a great sight to see. But, John, listeners and viewers, I don't want to get too excited about the return of Jimmy Ward because I am wondering, are they going to do it similar to how they did um, Damian Pierce a couple weeks ago? Remember, he had missed two games and he came back, I believe, either that Thursday or that Friday practice he missed one more then of course he made his return against Jacksonville and knowing that this is a Thursday by the way he was a full participant so that's good news hopefully he's going to have an opportunity to come back to the game on Sunday especially going up against one of I'm not going to say a top 10 quarterback in today's terms but you still got to respect him given his giving his body of work and that's of course going up against Russell Wilson because if Trevor Lawrence can find, you know, some weak spots in this secondary, I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson will be able to do the same 
if Jimmy Ward is not out there on the field. However, the next biggest name who did make a return to practice despite not practicing on Wednesday was Tankdale. Everybody was a little bit nervous when we did not see Tankdale out there on Wednesday due to a calf injury. However, he did come back, but he was limited. And the next biggest name of guys who returned to not just the practice, but the possibility of them returning to the field on Sunday, Noah Brown. John, I don't know about you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe outside of week one, if Noah Brown and Tank Dale plays alongside Robert Woods and Nico Collins, is this going to be, I want to say, the second game of the season where all four of those guys will be healthy and suit up? If I'm not mistaken, I think so. And if and if there has been a game outside of week one, it might have just been one other game. But there hasn't been too many opportunities where all four wide receivers play at the same time, which yeah, is a good been. thing given how hot the Denver Broncos five-game winning streak are coming inside of NRG Stadium. By the way, I think the biggest guy, the biggest news of guys who were not participating on Thursday was tight end Dalton Schultz, hamstring injury. Second day in a row, he was not at practice. John, to flip it over back to you, that's something that you have been talking about this whole entire week, especially in the second quarter where he seemed like he was not running his route to his full speed. Yeah, you saw it on, on, on camera. You saw it on TV for, mm-hmm. for us. Uh, we had opportunity to see it live, and you know, at the NRG Stadium, sitting up high, looking down low. Uh, no pun intended at all, by the way. But we had an opportunity to see that, and everybody kind of shook their head, like, "Was Donald Schultz even really running on that fourth and that fourth and one play right there?" Mm-hmm. And he was not to his full potential. And after that, a lot of us got to scratching our heads thinking to ourselves, we haven't seen Dalton Schultz in a while. Mm -hmm. And the numbers came out, and I think Dalton Schultz maybe only ran three or four routes. I can't remember. I I said it earlier in the week. It was four routes Mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter compared to, I believe, maybe 16 in the first half. We saw Brevin Jordan get a bulk of the opportunities in that fourth quarter, and I thought to myself immediately, like, something's not right. I think he's banged up. We'll see how it all turns out. And then today we found out that he's, you know, in jeopardy of playing Sunday. Mm-hmm. And for Houston, this is a blow. Uh, he was not impactful in Sunday's matchup, and I think that's a big reason why we saw the offense at times kind of be stale. When this offense is moving, you're seeing Dalton Schultz maybe on a second and seven, maybe on a third and five. You're seeing him in that connection between uh, CJ and Dalton Schultz kind of pop off the screen. But that wasn't the case Sunday. And so now for Houston, they have to pivot over to Brevin Jordan. Mm-hmm. And with Brevin Jordan getting some opportunities, guys, I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be 100% real with you. Brevin Jordan has only played through what are we in, week 12 now, week 13. But Brevin Jordan has only, in 49 snaps, only ran a receiving route in 49 snaps compared to Dalton Schultz, 317. And I think that's an issue. We haven't had an opportunity to see a Brevin Jordan a lot. And so now I'm going into this game thinking to myself, you know, how much can Houston count on Brevin Jordan, right? How much of a factor, how impactful can he be for this offense? And I'm kind of questioning that. It is worrisome a little bit. But Houston has to find a way to get him involved. We know that Brevin mm-hmm. Jordan, what, he ran a 4-6, 4-5, coming out of Miami a few years ago. We know mm-hmm. that 
if you give him an opportunity, he has some speed to make some moves out of space and pick up a couple of extra yards, but has not had the opportunity to do so this year. So that's an issue, and, and I think Houston – I'm curious to see how Bobby Sloak addresses it. Uh, but back to the Jimmy Ward point, that's big for Houston. Hmm. Right, looking at who's back, who's not, I don't think this was a game, and I don't think there's any other games to close out the year that Houston can afford Jimmy Ward to miss. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's great to get him back on the field. Uh, it's great that Tank Dell, I thought a lot of people thought, I think a lot of people saw that he was missing practice yesterday um, on Wednesday. And then in the early parts of Thursday, you guys didn't have an opportunity to see him, but he, he did come out to practice. So you saw a lot of fans worrying, like, oh, my gosh, where's Tank <laughs> Dell? Like, it's okay. Tank is going to play. And that's great news because CJ definitely needs his go-to playmaker, right? You get an opportunity mm-hmm. to get Tank, to get Nico, to get Robert Woods, to get Noah Brown back, who Noah. in two games was the <laughs> home run hitter for Houston. We know about the 75-yard uh, TD coming out of halftime. We know about some of the bigger plays that he's been able to make when he was featured. So that's big for Houston. They're going to need all the help they can get. Not because this is such a point-heavy team. Like the, the Denver Broncos, they don't score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. This isn't an explosive offense. But this is a team full of vets. This is a defense with PS2, Patrick Sotain, which a lot of people may feel like he's the best cornerback in the league right now. I wouldn't argue against it. The defense is playing some great, some great defense right now, creating turnovers. And for Houston, ideally, you want all of your weapons out on that field. So – the guys that are back, that's great news. Before we move on, Cody, and I know Houston does you know, a job of not allowing the media members to really see practice. Mm-hmm. But is there any news or any word on the confidence level in the offensive line heading into Sunday's matchup? <laughs> no, nah, it's about the same. Um, that's like it, it that's a hard question to answer only because we just see players on you've been out there you know we only see players and stuff just go through their warm-ups and stuff we're just out there just to say who's here who's not here um so we don't really see them do any 11 on 11 7 on sevens or anything like that so before moving on i do want to mention that sheldon rankins was also a non-participant during Thursday's practice. Um, that could be a very big thing only because the, the previous week um, might have been one of, if not the worst performance of that defensive line front, uh, especially considering that they did not, only because they did not give up. I think they only gave up like one or two pressures. Of course, they did not give up a sack, and it seemed like Trevor Lawrence had a field day. So, you know, once again, I look at this from a standpoint, I know Russell Wilson is not the Russell Wilson, the dangerous quarterback as he was in Seattle. But what I would say, due to him, due to his experience, due to the fact that based off of his resume, his background, he is still a quarterback that if you do not pressure him, if he finds a weak hole in your in your secondary, it can create a long day for your defense. And I think the if if Sheldon Rankins doesn't play on Sunday, I think that is going to hinder the production of that defensive line unit. 
and I think the front seven all all together. This is a, a front seven that needs everybody to do their job. So I do want to mention that CJ Stroud was named Offensive Rookie of the Month. Oh, and, what a and, surprise! And, and, and Tank Dale in the month of November, we're closing out the month. Today's the first. Wake up, wake up! It's the first of the month. Tank Dale has five receiving TDs, which is first in the NFL. And 14 receptions, 15 or more yards, which is also first in the NFL. So we know the connection between CJ and Tank Dale has been lovely for Houston, which is why it sucks. The 713 <laughs> connection isn't a thing. But guys, I'll tell you what's the thing. And you know what it is? Right now, it's FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offer stays hot on FanDuel. It's burning up right now on the app. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 in your pocket if your team wins. So what does that mean? Look, if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the remaining of the season, NFL season right now. It's the playoff push, the playoff hunt. It's popping right now. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. Uh, CJ Stroud talked about how he's balancing the big plays versus taking small gains. And I'm going to kind of look at that when we take a look at how Houston can get ready for Denver. But really quick, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz has been released by the Arizona Cardinals. Hmm. <laughs> this is a team. As we know Dalton Schultz is battling his own issues, and we don't know if he'll play. But this is a team. Follow me now. I mentioned that Brevin Jordan only has 49 snaps with receiving routes ran. Tegan Quitoriano only 26 snaps with receiving routes ran. And we haven't seen much of him this year. This is a team that is tight in uh, deprived, I think. Mm-hmm. Dodge Souls has been good for Houston, no doubt about it. But I think Houston has had issues throughout the entire year of finding a solid tight end, too. They haven't been able to run a lot of two tight end sets simply because it just isn't – it's kind of like, why are we doing it right now? And I also think, by the way, that Brevin Jordan should get some looks to close out the year, maybe in that fullback position. That will allow Houston – he's been doing a very good job of being able to block – and I think that you can do some things with him out of the backfield as a receiving back or a receiving player, however you want to look at it. I think that's a skill set that Bobby Slug should look to utilize. But I also, I'm looking at this opportunity for Houston and Zach Ertz. The case for Zach Ertz is he's been featured in 186 snaps running a receiving route, according to PFF. I think that Zach Ertz, at the very least, could be a cheap, Premier decoy. Hmm. I think that Zach Ertz can at least be a very good red zone target for Houston. And Houston does not have a red zone go-to player right now, right? They've been able to kind of find guys, which is great. Tank has got in on the action. Nico has got in on the action in the red zone. 
Uh, see CJ running in, but they don't have like a red zone threat. So I do think that at his stage in his career, it'll be a cheap deal, right? Nothing crazy. And also know that they got $500,000 back because Shaquille Griffin signed with the Carolina Panthers. So that's some money that they're saving. Shaquille Griffin was released. Yeah, I think you should take a look at Zach Ertz sometime next week. I don't think he gets picked up no time today or over the weekend. But come Monday, we know that Matt Burke coaching Arizona. Maybe there's some, you know, respectability there between the two. Uh, something of a, a workman friendship or co-workership, however you want to look at it. And maybe Matt Burke can convince Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz excuse me, to give Houston a chance. Now getting ready for Denver. With CJ saying trying to balance the big games versus taking the small opportunities, I got killed on Twitter for this. Not necessarily killed. It was a great conversation with some great people. <laughs> not like our colleague. <laughs> not like our colleague, but we, we had an opportunity to, you know, I talked to a couple of coaches at, you know, the high school level, mm. uh, middle school level, uh, former players. And I said on a crossover, so I think this is a perfect opportunity for Houston to try to limit the hits and turnovers by being able to run the ball and control the clock. And I still believe that. And I think for Houston, this isn't – so when the Texans went up against the Panthers, I said the same thing. This is only probably the second time this year I've said Houston needs to look to, you know, establish a run. When the Texans went up against the Panthers, who was the premier running back for that team? Still Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. I think this team is much a much better running team with Devin Singletary as their premier running back. And I think that moving forward, Devin Singletary should continue to be the premier running back for this team. You, you allow Damian Pierce to kind of work his way back into that rotation. You want him, you want to see him make plays. But with the Broncos allowing 155 yards on the ground per game, the Broncos are allowing guys to kind of as a team collectively run over them. I think this is a game to allow Devin Singletary to kick it off, allow Devin Singletary to be the guy that can, you know, make CJ's job easier. And I know CJ have been winning the games, right? I know this office moves under wherever CJ takes it. That's where it goes. I get mm-hmm. that. And I'm not taking away from that, but I do want to see CJ in some more favorable positions. How many times did we see, whether that was due to the offensive line, whether that was due to CJ taking sacks, whether that was due to just negative plays. How many third and longs did we see from Houston this past Sunday? How many second and longs did we see from Houston this past Sunday? And so I think to get an offense on a good rhythm, you want to limit that in the first quarter, try to establish the run on the first couple of drives. Now, if it's not working, it's not working, and then maybe you'll wrinkle it in throughout the game. But the first couple of drives, I think this is a good opportunity for Houston to try that out. And I'm not scared of the Denver Broncos offense to where it's kind of like we need to go out and be explosive off top. I think the Denver Broncos offense is slow. Nobody scares me. So if drive one or drive two for Houston, if they're not able to run the ball and maybe they have to punt it, I'm not scared that Denver's going to go down and put up seven quickly or put up ten points in the first two drives for them because of an explosive offense. So, again, to, to bring it back in, Cody, before I give it back over to you, and I apologize, I think that Houston should look to give Devin Singletary some good options. Just Gruggs is now inserted. We know how good of a job Fan has been doing and, and Mason, right? Give him an opportunity to help out your quarterback. 
I agree with everything that you said. They have to establish a run against one of, if not arguably the worst team at stopping the run. You already gave the stat of the, of how many yards the Broncos have given up through this entire season, but just take you back one week. Even though they beat the Cleveland Browns, they gave up a total of 169 yards on the ground. So there is no reason in the world why the Texans should not try to establish a run against Denver. Um, I understand it. I get it over the last couple of weeks, probably ever since what week two of the regular season after the Texans went on that run um, and almost completed a, com- a comeback against the Indianapolis Colts. I get it. We have been preaching, trust CJ Stroud, use CJ Stroud, be a passing team instead of a run team. However, you saw what type of success that you can have when Devin Singletary is RB1 versus when DP is RB1. Once again, no and, shot and, at and, DP. And, not at all. And I also want to add that add this. You know, I'm looking at Devin Singletary, and he's been very – he's been good for Houston, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield at times too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get – I think what we're looking at is get Devin Singletary going. But two I game don't... stretch when he rushed for over 250 yards – you you saw that offense kind of move, man, and and maybe leaning on him a little bit more as a vet, as a guy who came from mm-hmm. an explosive offense, a guy that knows how to one cut and get up the field and make a play and make a couple of guys miss. Maybe he needs to be featured a tad bit more, or back to those two games first where you got an opportunity to see him with the ball in his hands. Yeah, but but John, I want to ask you this, and I'm wondering how much. It's the injury to Titus Howard is part of the reason why people are a little bit hesitant to mm. depend on the run. And then, look, I get it. I understand it. Titus Howard at left guard. He had his moments, but he wasn't the best. I get all that. Might have been the worst production we've seen from him ever since he came to this franchise. What was that, back in 2019? I get all of that. However, you replace Titus Howard with Juice Scrubs. One of his best attributes coming out of college was his ability as a run blocker. However, this is only his second career game. And I'm just wondering how much is the uncertainty of that offensive line? Not only are are you replacing a solid offensive lineman, but you're replacing him with a rookie who's only playing his second game. And look, I know some people out there hate to hear experience and all this other stuff, but that plays a factor, especially considering that your number one offensive lineman in Laramie Tunsil isn't playing to his best due to the issues that he's having with his knees. So I do wonder how much is that is actually playing into whether or not the Texans will depend on a run against Denver. Yeah, either, but you know what? Honestly, guys, and this is just me, mm-hmm. I believe in Juice Krugs as a run blocker more than I believe in Titus Howard as a run blocker. This will be the game to find out. The Game Time app, they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. You shouldn't have to guess when you're looking to buy your next ticket to the next big event. Whether you're looking for sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever event is going on near you, you're not worrying with Game Time. They got killer last-minute deals. All-in prices and my favorite feature, views from your seat, along with the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. All-in prices show your total upfront 
So you know exactly what type of deal you're getting without the hitting fees. And if you're like me, I'm sick and tired of fees. I can go on a rent. Fees are just getting out of hand, right? Mm. And this is what make game time so great. It ain't no fees getting hid nowhere. They're not hiding from you. They're right in your face. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. John, I got an issue. Um, I've had an opportunity to chop it up with CJ Stroud a couple of times at his locker, just me and him. Uh, we have actually been in debates inside the locker room with other media members and, you know, teammates, you know, a lot of times just arguing about basketball. And one thing I've noticed when me and CJ talk, we share a lot in common. We do share a lot in common and hopefully we can continue building a relationship. But saying baby boy is your top five movie, man, of all time. And what I'm you mean? I am. I'm not mad at that. Really? I'm not mad at that. I get it. He's from that. Cali. I'm and maybe no, no, baby no. Boy. <laughs> baby boy is a classic. And I'm gonna take it a step further. I don't even like if, that movie, to be honest with you. If, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what the problem is. Oh my gosh, CJ. <laughs> Shout out to CJ. I'm your boy. The problem is, oh my goodness. Majority of the people, when they think of Baby Boy, they think of the BET version. <laughs> Baby Boy, the movie without all the, you know, the BET edits. You know, forget you. You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Baby Boy is a very good movie. It's a good movie about a coming of age movie. And by the way, y'all do know that Tyrese was only technically like 18 or 19 in that movie, right? It still doesn't make it a good movie. That honestly, I'm gonna well, give him a pass for his age. Do you think Boys in the Hood was a good movie? Yes, most definitely. That movie is up there with Boys in the Hood. No, boy, you are tripping. What about Minister Society? I'm gonna be real with you. No, you know what? Stop. Don't even say it. Cause when you say, I'm gonna be real with you. I know where you're going. So no, let's, let's just stop this debate right I now. Listeners and viewers, if you know what society. movies we are talking about, rank them one, two, and three. Cause I'm taking almost any movie that, before I take baby. Really movie. quick, and shout out to CJ. Cause I I didn't even thank you for this. Shout out, shout out to <laughs> CJ. Have you I like guys? Have you never been 18, 19 years old after high school just trying to figure it out? Yeah, we all have. We still trying to figure it out. We being honest. But come on, man. Like some of the stuff that I sold to make money. Listen, (laughs) it was all legal. Y'all knew I was selling chicken wings for a while. I remember that was good too. That was good too. I remember that. No dresses, right? I had my partner, my my friends. Yeah, bro. Listen, Baby (laughs) Boy is a classic and a very good coming to age movie. But let's dive into the YouTube comments. First comment that I want to dive into. This is the uh the locked on extra that we did for Titus Howard. Mm-hmm. Why does John always look depressed? <laughs> what do you want me to look like while I'm up here? I'm not talking, I'm letting my co-host get it in. I don't I do I look depressed. I'll be happy. I'm tired though. My response to that was, man, I'm tired. I'm really tired. But I'm not depressed. I'm happy. Mm-mm-mm. I don't get it. I don't get it. 
with six games left, that podcast. This is from uh, MirrorFan3348, excuse me. And this question was asked a couple of times. John, please clarify what you mean by they need to take the training wheels off John Betchy. It is Stroud's decision to who he throws the ball to. Talk about it. Well, why, why, you know, even though it is CJ Stroud's decision, we've had games where no Noah Brown, you know, no Robert Woods, but John Mechie was available. Hmm. And what I when I say that this is an opportunity for Houston to take the training wheels off of. Uh, off of John Mechie, first and foremost, John Mechie has only dropped one pass this year. Only two pa- two ca- passes, excuse me, were not caught by John Mechie, and one of them was not catchable. Every time John Mechie has caught the ball outside of the Jacksonville Jaguar games, the two games, twelve yards, twelve uh, you know twelve yards per catch, twelve and a half yards per catch. 14, 10, 22 with a big catch, right? 17 with a big catch. John Mechie has proven to be reliable with his hands and has proven to be able to move the change, chains, excuse me. And what I'm disappointing is John Mechie does not have over two targets this season. Mm -hmm. To take it a step further, when you look at the wide receiver snap count breakdown, Noah Brown, 31, and he's missed several games. <clears throat> Xavier Hutchinson at 11. He's another guy I think Houston should give more opportunity to. But John Mitchell's only at 21.19. So I, I think that I think right now for Houston offensively, they are still trying to figure out who they can put on their field and trust in their plays, which is a big reason why we saw Xavier Hutchinson get involved in the reverse game, the ring game, catch mm-hmm. some reverses. And then this past week, Xavier Hutchinson, excuse me, Xavier Hutchinson was fielding punts and kickoff returns. So clearly he's a guy that they want to get involved on the field so they can make some plays. He can make some plays more. And John Mitch, I think, is also right there. He needs to be featured more. If you go back and watch some of these games where he caught a pass, did he play the next snap? Nope. You know? So football is a game of rhythm. You got to get in rhythm. And it's not just a quarterback. It's also your receiver still trying to figure out their way in the league. It's also for your receiver in a second year who didn't get an opportunity to play in year one, trying to establish himself and get healthy and get and be an impact player on a explosive offense when it's explosive. Mm-hmm. And a playoff bound playoff hunt team. So that's what I'm getting at. There's been too many times where we've seen John Mitchie just tank out of the games. Thank you for this catch. We're gonna take you out. And I think that's unfair. It is, and it's getting to the point. I'm not gonna say it's getting to the point where it's frustrating, but it is a little bit disappointing only because John, you know me, going all the way back to our season predictions the number one thing that i was saying about john is this is going to be a year for him to get back in football shape and trust me to be honest with you he is definitely ready to go out there and break free break free and contribute i know because i asked him about it we talked about it and 
it's a process that the Texans still have, have him going through, rightfully so, given what he went through last year. However, I do believe that it's only a matter of time before he really gets that opportunity to go out there on the field, showcase what he can do. But at the same time, I felt like to a certain extent, it's a miss. It's been a couple missed opportunities because, John, to your point, there's been games to where shoot, we could just go back to last week, just due to the fact that Noah Brown wasn't playing. That should have been a moment where John Mechie, the Texans, should have um, depended on and utilized John Mechie a lot more. What I said to open I, up the I show. Thought, yeah, I thought John Mechie should have been on their last drive. Honestly. Exactly. Like what I said to open up the show. I think if. Tankdale and Noah Brown plays on Sunday. This could possibly be the second, if not no more than the third game that Dale, Brown, Woods, and Nico, all four will be dressed up. So you're telling me that's two or three games out of a possible, what, 12 as of right now? They have definitely been moments, especially after the bye week, that John Messier could have, should have been utilized a lot more. And it's disappointing. But at the same time, you have to keep, keep in mind that it's a process that he's going through given everything that happened last year. Yeah. Last comment, man. I think this is a pretty good one from Abigail R-T-E-H. D'Amico should take responsibility for the defense. I, I don't think he's not taking responsibility. Oh, he definitely I, I, is. I, yeah. I, you know, a, a lot of times you guys are maybe not maybe seeing or or, or hearing or, or maybe, maybe probably not seeing a fire like you maybe want to see, but the responsibility is definitely D'Amico's, right? And Matt Burks. He is the DC, but it's 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 on it's on D'Amico. He said it before. We're getting all this pressure on the quarterback. We ain't getting no sacks. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much not getting turnovers is bothering D'Amico Ryan's too. And that's my that is a fact. That's my baby crying. So thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment. On YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, well, give me a follow on X at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow us on X at Locked On Texans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.